And now if you take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 16, I want to continue to celebrate what Dan Smith was talking about this morning as he announced um, the praises for um, God's blessing to Midway Community Church in 2021 with our offerings. And most of you who are here this morning are a part of that. And so we want to praise the Lord together um, for the way that he's blessed us. And I want to do so by reading uh, Luke chapter 16, starting with the first verse, going through the, um, the ninth verse. This is one of Jesus' parables. Jesus told his disciples, Luke 16, 1, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 800 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it 400. He asked the second, and how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he'd acted shrewdly. Now Jesus is commenting on his parable. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone... You will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Praise God uh, for this parable and for this comment or these comments on that parable. It's kind of an interesting, strange parable. We've talked about it before. It's a very important one. It's foundational for us, in fact. That's why I mention it regularly. I want it to be on the forefront of our minds because it impacts everything that we do. Think about the guy that was losing his job. It's, it's, again, it's, it's, a, it's a strange parable because Jesus kind of uses a, a bad example to make a good point. Here's a guy that's losing his job because he was a bad guy. He was lazy. He wasn't doing, he wasn't doing his work. And then he starts trying to think, okay, now what am I going to do? I, he, he, first in his mind wasn't, I've got to get a new job. You know, because again, he's kind of a scoundrel. So I, I know what I'll do. I'll fix the books so that after I lose this job and I show up to so-and-so's house around dinner time, they'll say, oh man, it's great to see you saved us 500 gallons of olive oil, you know, last month. Come on in. And after supper, hey, where are you staying at? Well, I don't know. You want to stay here? Yeah. Well, okay. If you you insist, you'll be glad to. You know, that's what he was working for. He was working for, he was working to try to make people like him so that they take care of him. And Jesus said, that guy and people like him in this world 
are more creative or more thoughtful or, or figure out ways to make money work for them than are the people of light. He says, we need to do something like that. Not that. Didn't want us to be dishonest. Didn't want us to fix the books. But he said, use what you've got. The King James, if you're using King James this morning, you see where I, where I was reading, and, and it said in the New International Version, worldly wealth. The King James, love this statement. Filthy lucre. This, this stuff that doesn't last, that, that, that we place great value on, but, but in, the, in the big picture of things, unless used properly, it has absolutely, absolutely no value. But used properly, it has tremendous value, and it has value for us personally. Now, we spoke two weeks ago when Mark was preaching for me um, because I was, you know, getting over my second round of COVID. What it, these are fun days. Um, but Mark emphasized in that message, among other things, that one of the reasons that we give is not just to provide the needs of, our, of those that are needing it to, to serve like the marshals, you know, I mean, like the, like the Lewis's Marshall was here that day talking about the work that Dan referred to up in northern Canada, you know, where he's working with the first tribes. Very difficult work. Not only do we give to support that work, but even more important than the meeting of the need of the ministry of the Lewis's to the first tribes, more important than that is that God is praised over and over and over again because of the gifts that we give. All right? We praise God every Sunday when we, when we gather our gifts. Now, our gather, the gathering of our gifts now is virtual. All right? We don't pass the plate. But this week and, and next week, we'll be giving through online giving and, and dropping our offerings in the boxes and the foyer and things like that. So it's not the same that we used to do with passing the plate, but it's still we still give every week. We still celebrate that, and we still praise God every week for every single penny that comes in to this church for the glory of God. And as Dan mentioned, we try to be very wise stewards of that money. Try to manage it very carefully and use it for his glory in, in this ministry around, you know, for these the people here and those that we know that we're trying to reach. And those strangers that show up that we get to know that become friends and, and come to Christ and grow in Christ and all those things. We, we use it carefully for the, for the purposes here, but we also use it carefully for the purposes around the world. And so when we give here and then some of that money this year, 20% of it, goes to the Lewises and others like them, then they get their their allotment from their organization that we send it to every week or every month, however it comes to them, and they praise the Lord. So we praise the Lord here, and now they're praising the Lord there, and then as, the, as, as people come to faith in Christ in the First Nations up there along the reservations that they're working in, as people come to Christ, and they start praising the Lord for the generosity that's expressed here in Georgia and other places where it comes from. And so 
The, the praise of God is multiplied. That's one of the great purposes. There's another great purpose in giving. And that's what Jesus is getting at here. God, in his great plan, has decided to reward his people, his children, for the things that they do once they come to faith in Christ, for the things that they do with the things that he gives them to do it with. He has a a great plan to reward all of us who are his children. And we don't know exactly what those rewards are going to look like, but this morning we're going to look at one of the best descriptions that the scripture has concerning those rewards. Through this parable, the Lord Jesus is telling us to give. And to give generously and cheerfully. Because the results of our giving are amazing. Now, some people can't bring themselves to give. Because it, they're just not sure how next week is going to go in their own finances. Or next month is going to go in their own finances. Or next year in their own finances. And they just can't bring themselves to give. And I want to just encourage you. Let it go. Cut loose. Take a step of faith and give this year. And and I'm not saying this so that I can have a bigger salary. All right? If the Lord blesses me with a bigger salary through the decision of the elders, I'm going to thank the Lord and receive it with joy. But that's not why I'm saying give. It has nothing to do with why I'm saying give. I want you to give because I want you to be a recipient of what Jesus is talking about here. Not next week, and well, we don't know, maybe next week. Not next week or, or next year, but in eternity. The money that you use, the, the talent, the resources that you use that God has given you can have an impact on eternity and you can be blessed for all eternity through your part in it. That's what he's saying. Just like that guy who knocks on the, on the door at supper time, say, Hey, how's it going? And Hey, it's you. So glad to see you. Come on in and enjoy some fellowship. The Lord Jesus said, use your money like that. Because there's coming a day when you're going to be in glory. And I want you to be welcomed into eternal homes to celebrate the work that Christ did for you and those who are welcoming you into those homes. For example, how many of you know personally a person from the First Nations in Northern Canada? Anybody know, does anyone have a personal friend who's among, the, among one of those tribes that are known as the First Nations? Didn't think so. If one of them puts their trust in Christ through the work of the marshals, through the work of the Lewises, excuse me, guess what's going to happen someday? You're going to be strolling down one of the streets of gold. I'm not kidding, all right? He described it like this, so I'm just using his description. You're going to be strolling down one of the streets of gold, and somebody's going to say, hey, 
I'll pick on Matt Mulvane. Mulvane! Matt looks, and he sees this First Nations guy. And Matt says, me? Yeah, you know any other Matt Mulvanes? He says, come on over here. I want to talk to you. Come in here. And Matt's going to go over there. And for the next, I don't know how long this is going to take. It could take weeks. But we'll have time for this. It could take weeks. Matt's going to go in there. And he's going to find out all the amazingly cool stuff that took place in that guy's life and his family and their families and their friends. And all this stuff is going on. And Matt's going to sit there and you got to be kidding me. All that because I was a faithful giver when I had the opportunity back at Midway Community Church or back when we were living in coming. All that because of that. That, my friends, is a great, great reward. And that's coming. That's coming. I had a, a glimpse of it. I've, t- I've told some of you this story before. I had a glimpse of this one time of kind of what it's going to be like. When I worked with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes back in the 80s, I had the opportunity to, to be the, the speaker at a youth rally at a local church in Mableton, Georgia. And uh, so I was ready. For, I, I got this message ready for it. And I was really excited. And, they, and, the, and the pastor said, come early because we're going to have fellowship with the youth. I have a spaghetti dinner. To, and you can get to know them a little bit before the, before the service. So I went and got there early like I was supposed to. Went to the fellowship hall. And there was a man and woman in there and their two sons. They were setting it up for the spaghetti dinner. And the spaghetti was cooking. It was all going. And uh, the pastor came in. And, and we were waiting on the kids to come. And we were waiting on the kids to come. And we were waiting on the kids to come. And... We had the spaghetti dinner with two kids and their parents and the pastor, his wife, and me. Well, they're going to come to the service. It's just a school night. You know, they're, they'll be here. So we go over to the sanctuary, and it was an old-school sanctuary where they had thrones, you know, up in the front. And I was sitting on one of the thrones up there, um, and I was waiting on the, on, the, on the kids to come. And a special musician came who was there, invited like me, and um, he didn't come for the spaghetti dinner, but he came. And, um, and a couple of the guys were there to welcome people and they came in because there was nobody there to welcome. And it was these two boys and their parents and the pastor's wife and the pastor and the special musician. And I'm sitting up there on that throne thinking, what am I supposed to do with this? I've got this really good message ready to go. You know, what do I, and it, okay, I, I I'm just going to do what I was planning on doing. Lord bless it. And, and I did it. Everybody, after it was over, thank you. See you. Everybody's sort of embarrassed, but, you know, it's just a really weird thing. And I get home and Sherry says, how'd it go? I said, that was weird. That was really weird. And that's the last I heard about it. And then 10 years later, um, I was working at Mount Vernon Baptist Church, one of the mother churches of Midway. And we had helped start a church down in the southern part of the suburbs of Atlanta, down around the Eagles Landing area, down in there. And the, the church, that church down there was celebrating their new building that we helped them with in, in numerous other ways. So about 30 of us from Mount Vernon went down there. And uh, we were going to help them dedicate their building and celebrate. It was on a Sunday night. As I was walking in the front door, they had greeters. And the one greeter took my hand and I looked at him and he said, You're Dean Rop." Now, that's a weird feeling. I'm not a famous person, so I don't get that a lot, you know. 
I said, yeah, and, and he didn't say anything else. He just took me. He didn't let go of my hand. He took me through the sanctuary, down the stairs, into the kitchen, where there was a woman with her back to us in the suds. And he says, honey, look. She turns around and says, it's Dean Rop. And she came suds in hand and hugged me. She had not been this excited, I bet, in a long time. And I'm still trying to figure out what's going on. Guess who those two people were? The mom and dad of those two boys. She said, our son was never the same after that night. And then she told the story of all these people who came to Christ because of his life. And I want to tell you, if that's a taste of the kind of welcome that we're going to get in heavenly dwellings because of the investments that we've made in this life, I want to tell you, folks, we want that. We want that. That was a great, great moment in my life. The, the, the night that it was happening, yeah, it was just weird. But that was, one of the, that was one of the great moments of my life. To see those two people so excited to see me. Me. Dean Rod, they knew my name. This week... As Sam Rop, our son who's serving with Wycliffe Bible, uh, Wycliffe Associates in translating uh, the Bible into sign languages around the world, he's working on a project in Burundi. Who knows where Burundi is? East Africa. Just across the lake from Tanzania. Beautiful place. Very difficult place. But there's a deaf community there, a deaf church there that wants to have the Bible in their own language and they're having a project this week and last. And you know what's going to happen someday? You're going to be strolling down one of the streets of gold. And somebody's going to say, hey, Davidson, come here. John says, me? Yeah, you, come here. And he's going to meet hundreds of formerly deaf Burundians and probably other countries as well as a result. And he's going to find out what happened because he got his checkbook out when he didn't have to. Remember, this is optional. Satisfaction has been met. God is not requiring you to, to, to write checks now that you've come to Christ to make, it, to make sure that you get into heaven. That's not part of it. If you've put your trust in Christ, you're going to heaven. You're going to be in his glory. You're going to be with him forever. But he also has a plan to reward us that we want to be a part of. And we want to find out in glory. And remember, we're going to have time for this right now we don't have time for hardly anything you know because we got to do this and do that and do that and, and then recover from COVID and then do this and do that and then recover from COVID and then do this and you know we, we got busy schedules we've got a lot going on but we're going to have time in glory and one of the rewards again we don't know what they're all going to be you know the apostle Paul talked about crowns and that might have been symbolic it might have been literal 
But we know from this statement that there's going to be some welcoming going on. Just like we're going to do some welcoming. Because when we get to when we get to glory, we find that all the people that were involved in bringing us to faith in Christ, when we see them walking down the street of gold, we're going to say something. Hey, I didn't know you on earth. I didn't know you back in the day. But you, you gave that helped the pastor that led me to Christ go through seminary so he could be the pastor of the church where he was when I came to faith in Christ. And I'm going to get to talk to all those people that were a part of Ray Bear's ministry and getting him to the place where he was to lead me to Christ. I'm going to, have, I'm going to be welcoming all kinds of people into my eternal dwelling to, to let them know how thankful I am that they did that. And then, to share, and then to find out the rest of their stories and, and all those kind of things. That kind of thing is going to happen according to Jesus' word as he explains this parable. And so, this is given. Jesus gives us to motivate us. Look forward to that. Look forward to that. Invest wisely, but invest. Don't hang on to it. Remember what he says here. This is a key, this is a key statement. He says, Make, use worldly wealth or filthy lucre to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you know what that says? It's going to be gone. There's coming a day when everything that you've saved up for and, and all that kind of stuff, all that, it's going to be gone. There's only one way that it's not going to be gone. If you'd invest it well and wisely. Put it in the right stuff. And I'm not talking about the right stocks. I'm not talking about the right real estate. I'm not saying don't do that. Because that may be your way of getting more of this stuff to invest it in, in eternity. Great, do it. But don't think that, that you're going to get some extra reward for having the biggest bank account back on earth when you get to glory. There's not going to be any welcome for that. There's nobody going to say, hey, good job on the portfolio. Unless you use that portfolio. And then people are going to be thanking you like crazy for that portfolio. Because what we do today impacts what's going to happen in our experience for all, for all eternity. Now, that's not to say that people who don't give aren't going to have a great eternity who put their trust in Christ. They are. They're going to be in the, in the glory of God. It's going to be wonderful. But they're going to do a lot of listening in on a lot of really cool stories that they had nothing to do with. Because they were too busy keeping track of stuff and keeping, keeping hold of things that didn't last, that were gone all of a sudden. Just gone. Where's that? It's gone. The Apostle Paul in, in 1 Corinthians 2 and 3 says it's burned up. People who, who misuse the stuff that God gives them, it's going to be burned up. Whatever they had, whatever they thought was really cool, is going to be burned up. They're, he says they're going to be saved, but, but as through fire. All that, all that they thought was great and cool is gone. But those who recognize it now and set aside things for that, for then, there's going to be, there are going to be some great stories. There are going to be some great times of fellowship. There are going to be some great welcomes into your home and into others' homes 
for all the things that God has done through people who use their worldly wealth, who use their worldly talents, who use their worldly abilities to invest in eternity. The Apostle Paul put it like this, and we'll close with this passage. In Philippians chapter 4, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to it. I think it'll be on the screen also. Philippians chapter 4, verse 17. The Apostle Paul here was telling the Philippians how thankful he was for the way that they gave toward his ministry. You know, the the Apostle Paul evangelistic ministries. It wasn't probably called that, but he got support from them numerous times. And he was letting them know how thankful he was for it. And as he was thanking them for it, he said this in verse 17. Not that I am looking for a gift, but I am looking for what may be credited to your account. See, the Apostle Paul knew. He, he, was, he loved encouraging the Philippians and other believers to be givers. Even to his own ministry. Because he knew what he was going to do with it. He knew, he knew that if they, if they gave to him, they were going to have some eternal blessings that they were going to blow their minds. He knew that. So he had no problem even talking to people who were poor. See, some people are saying, I can't give, I don't have any money. Yes, you do. Give some of it. Give some of it. There's, there's nobody here keeping track, tallying it up, saying, hey, you need to, you know, you want to, you know, we don't give as much as Mulvey Davidson, you need to up it up a little bit, man. Mulvey's really cranking it out over here. There's none of that going on. There's no comparison like that. But we need to give if we want that account being built up. Like my dad taught me when he was teaching me to save. Put that jar, glass jar in the closet, tape the top shut, cut the slot in it. Said, hey, you put some in here, I'll put some in here. About three months later, I was driving a brand new metallic brown Schwinn Collegiate. Okay? And that didn't come from the first, the first entry into there. Took a lot of those little entries. But I learned something, especially when he was doubling it. You know, it went pretty fast. Every lawn I mowed was going toward that Schwinn. And finally, they came. My brother and I, he dropped us off at the Schwinn store. We took our cash in there and we rode home on those babies with generators, all right, in case it got dark. These were bad machines. <laughs> but we looked forward, as our dad was teaching us, by putting it in a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, we looked forward to something that good was going to happen. And I want to tell you something better than riding out of the Schwinn shop. That's a hard thing to say, by the way. <laughs> on new collegiates. Well, as great as that was, it's nothing compared to what it's going to be like walking down those streets of gold and having people call your name. Say, come here. You give us a hug, maybe a sudsy hug. And you're going to say, what did I do? You gave. You prayed. You went. You witnessed. You gave some food. You gave a smile to somebody on a really, really bad day.
you let a nurse who is helping oversee your surgery to faith in Christ. Whatever. Whatever the Lord gives us. If we invest it for him. It's going to be some great walks down those streets. So be givers. Again, not like Paul said, not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for that which will be credited to your account. That's what we want together for each other. We're looking for for eternity. We're looking, we're looking toward eternity. We're looking at what's going to happen forever. Don't focus on the stuff that's going to be gone. Use that stuff so that it will never be gone. Let's bow together for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, thanks so much for letting us get back together today. Last week was great, but it wasn't as great as this. And we want to thank you for it. We want to thank you for providing for us this place that you did through the very same kind of giving that we're talking about today from your word. Thank you for all the good things that have happened in this place and through the people of this place. And thank you for all the great moments in glory that are going to follow because of it. And we also thank you for those great, great surprises that we're going to get from deaf people all over the world, from First Nations people, from French Canadians from Quebec, from Haitians, from those in, the, in China and in Southeast Asia. And Father, through the missionaries that we support from people all around the world, from, from Scotland and England and all over the UK and France and Russia and Romania and Bulgaria. Father, and on and on it will go, Father, we thank you that you've got such a great plan laid out. How great that's going to be. We thank you for the little bits of taste that we get of it here on this earth. But Father, we thank you for the full dose that we're going to get for all eternity as we glorify you for being the great God that you are and for including us in your family through your great plan of sending your son, Jesus Christ, into this world to die. Father, there are some here this morning who aren't on on track right now to be walking those streets of gold. Not because they haven't been giving. They may have given a lot, but because they haven't put their trust in you through your son, Jesus. We pray that you'd give them the faith and the courage this morning to not go any further in this life without you at their helm, without you as their savior, because they believe in you. Give them the, give them the faith to believe today that Jesus is enough, that Jesus' work on the cross was enough for them, and that his resurrection gives them the promise of eternal life. Help them to believe in him today, and through that belief to become your children. And Father, as your children, help us. Help us to live as obedient kids, looking forward to the rewards of our gracious Father. 
And Father, we're thankful that in the giving of those rewards, your, your glory is going to be multiplied over and over and over for all eternity. As you're going to glory over those living room talks in glory, hearing of all the things that you did through us by the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you that we'll be able to glorify you even more by the rewards that you pour out into our lives through the way that we use what you've given us today. And so again, Father, we pray for the gifts that we give. And we thank you for the blessing that we receive when we do. And we pray it in Jesus' name.